Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man. That's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry. I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Is This Real Life, a podcast that relates the quirkiest aspects of pop culture and reality TV to our own lives. This is your host, Mandy Slutsker. Let's get to it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 41. My guest this week is Aaron Martin from the podcast Pink Shade with Aaron Martin and also Cult Talk, which is a brand new series which she will be telling us all about. Parts of this interview will appear on her podcast as well, so be sure to check it out. Now, let's get into it. Hi, everyone. I am here with Aaron Martin from Pink Shade and the newly released Cult Talk. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's so good to talk to you, Mandy. I love your podcast. I love yours. Thank so you. So let's get right into it because you just hit within, I think, the top 100 podcasts on iTunes for your new podcast, Cult Talk. Tell me about it. Okay, so I launched Cult Talk with Aaron Martin. You have to search the whole name on any podcast app. It's everywhere. I launched it on Halloween Day. So it, it, we're recording this just two days afterwards. And I was so excited because I looked on the charts today and it was number 75. And I was so psyched. I have so many wonderful listeners who have gone in there early and subscribed. And it's in my category. So my category is considered religion and spirituality. You know, like our categories for our reality TV podcast, <laughs> TV and film, which is very difficult to break into. So I was... Yeah, I'm just, I've been producing it um, with a producer for months, and I've actually been thinking about releasing a separate cults podcast for a year, and I just finally got around to doing it, and I also just got the permission of my mother, and she is featured in the first five episodes, four of which are released right now, because I was born in a cult. And she was a cult member, and along with my father, who she met there. And it was a cult called the Kobu, the Church of Bible Understanding. Its leader just passed away a couple of weeks ago, Stuart Trail. He still has some hangers on. Uh, he still had some hangers on at the time of his death. And it is a cult that hardly anyone talks about. It's a, it was pretty small, um, started in the 70s. 
but it's a it's a cult. But it was featured on Seinfeld. It was featured on Seinfeld because it was actually a pretty prominent cult in Manhattan. And that's where we lived um, for a good portion of our time there. I, we left when I was really little before I was in priest, you know, before I was in kindergarten. But I remember it. And we lived in these lofts in the Bowery District. And all of the men worked in a carpet cleaning business called Christian Brothers Carpet Cleaning. And it was spoofed on Seinfeld because it was called, I think it was called Sunshine Carpet Cleaners. It was oh an episode God. where these Where George cult- Costanza. Yes. Yeah. Yes. No, you said this in the it? podcast and yeah. it immediately clicked. Oh, totally. I actually found that out way later. I want to say I only found that out a couple years ago, even though I'd watched it at the time. I didn't even put it together. And I knew my dad was one of these carpet cleaners. They'd go out and clean carpets and they'd try to convert people. And like bring them into the cult. And, and, in the, and in the Seinfeld episode, like George can't, like they won't convert him. They won't try to recruit him. And he gets so pissed off. He's like, aren't I good enough to be a cult member? Like, what's up with this? It's so funny. So I'm like, that's what my dad did. Holy that is crap. Crazy. And it's yeah. so interesting to hear like your mom talk now looking back. I know it's, you know, it's interesting for me because I grew up with the stories and I grew up with other ex-cult members who really never called it a cult. And that's one of the things I want to explore in this podcast, how people, they, they have a hard time referring to themselves as an ex-cult member. And they have a hard time even calling the group or the religion or the, the pyramid scheme or whatever they were in a cult. Really outsiders call it that. Yeah, but when you're in it... When you're in it, you're like, this is my church, or this yeah. is my fellowship, or this is, I don't know. You my, just family. my family. My mm-hmm. family. And so, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be interviewing a ton more ex-Kobu members because, Mandy, they're coming out of the woodwork. I can't believe the timing of the leader's death. That it's like, I can't believe it, actually. I feel like divine it's, intervention. It's kind of spooky. I mean... This guy ripped off so many people He, because th- this carpet cleaning business and all the other businesses they engaged in, he paid them nothing. Right. And he kept all the money. I, he was worth like $7 million at his death, which is really not a lot in terms of cult leaders. It's really probably like the loseriest cult leader <laughs> out there. But it's still like my parents didn't make $7 million in their lifetimes yet, you know, so it. It's testament to how many people he took advantage of, yeah. you know, from teenagers on. And yeah, there's so many ex-members coming out of the woodwork and they're like, yeah, I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you. I'm like, excellent. I just started a podcast. <laughs> it's so interesting. And when you said it's Kobu, right? Kobu, Church of Bible Understanding. I just kept hearing in my head, Cabo. Cabo. <laughs> it's not Cabo. I was like, oh, that sounds like a fun cult. Yeah. <laughs> it is not fun. But you also um, have the podcast Pink Shade with Aaron Martin, and you talk yeah. about all kinds of pop culture and reality TV. And I wanted to get your thoughts on The Housewives. Right yes. now, we've only got The O.C. and Dallas. Um, we've also got Below Deck. I don't know if you watch that. I, I, I do watch Below Deck. I have fallen behind. I have five on my DVR right now. So I'm going to be no good to you with current Below Deck news at the moment but talk to me in another week when I catch up because I love Below Deck. There is some new stuff that was going on with Below Deck off camera so a lot of what I'm interested in is the spats between the reality TV stars quote unquote 
Yeah. And as we know, there's always someone that Kate Chastain has an issue with on the boat. And this year, it's uh, the third stew. Her name is Carolyn. Right, yes. They've been kind of like warring back and forth on social media. Carolyn seems a bit like something's off. <laughs> so She seems a bit tightly wound. Yeah, and not quite like she doesn't process things. Like, for example, her dog bit someone twice. Uh, or another dog, and she was actually called into court, and she missed two of her court dates. And when asked about it, was like, "Oh, <laughs> so that's an example that's of like kind the of Kim Richards scenario, yes, right there. Yes. Like you know, someone's crazy when they're going down the Kim Richards path. Yep, R.I.P. Kingsley, and <laughs> she. Yes. Um, but then she threw out something that I hadn't heard before because I wasn't paying attention. But that Kate is, she basically said that she drinks on the job, has a drinking issue, and abuses cocaine. I read that article. I know Mm -hmm. what you're talking about. What do you think about that? Do you think there's any truth to it? I mean, I think a lot of people who work in a really kind of like industry where you work really hard, you also party hard. So Mm -hmm. I could see it, but it's definitely not something that needed to be shared. Yeah, but when you're on reality TV, I mean, I kind of when I when I heard that news, I kind of hearkened back to her whole really dramatic and then turning into a domestic dispute with that female partner she yes. had who was also like an MMA fighter or something. Mm-hmm. And just how messed up that whole scenario was, not because it was a woman, but I even remember when she came on for a cameo on one episode, she seemed mess, she seemed out of it. You know, and Kate was really like in a weird, dark place with that whole relationship. And then she's never spoken of it again. Yeah. And I'm like, who are you really? And also, <laughs> she, weighs nine, she weighs 90 pounds. So when I hear cocaine and I see someone who weighs 90 pounds, yeah. I kind of think, mm, I don't know. Like, I don't weigh 90 pounds, but I also don't do cocaine. You know, yeah. like I don't know. Yeah. I believe it, but I don't care so much about the cocaine. I definitely care about the domestic violence <laughs> allegations. I know. I know. And for her to kind of, she just acts like she's superior to everyone on the boat and that, you know, they should just like kiss her royal ass. And I used to think it was a really funny kind of character that she was playing, but I think it's kind of gotten to her head. I think so too, but I think that's a reality TV trope. I mean, I think we, you see it. You're such a housewives watcher. You oh see yeah. It. It's like the third season housewife or even the second season housewife syndrome with Siggy Flicker or someone who all of a sudden thinks that they've got this fame on this random show that, you know, maybe a million people watch, which is a lot, but not a ton in terms of like, you know, network shows. And so they, they go crazy. They think they're in charge and it's like, no, you're just in an ensemble cast. Now, Kate is, she is more important than a lot of the people on these casts every year. She probably is the most important person on that boat, even more so than Captain Lee, because they can switch out captains and they switch out stews too with Hannah on Mediterranean. But Kate is the more beloved reality yeah. TV star. She she is. So I get it in the reality TV producer stance. Like they're probably like, let her act however she wants because she's gold. Below deck gold. So what would you call that? Like reality star derangement syndrome? (laughs) (laughs) 
Because I think Shannon Bedore might have a pretty serious case. Seriously, let's talk about that. She has a serious case of it right now, on and off camera. I mean, have you heard the rumors about how she's been treating people off camera? Like, she just doesn't talk to fans. She is so removed. She's so above it all. It's really making me upset, because I was always a Shannon, not, I wasn't in love with Shannon. On no, I liked her, I too. Was, I was rooting for her, and I think David Bedore did her dirty in so many ways, and so so do pretty much you know, like 90% of us, but I don't know, man, she is like really jumping the shark for me right now. Like I'm exhausted by her. She, she is exhausting. I didn't like that. She said, stop filming me because she actually meant it. I don't, I think a lot of times people do that and they know they're going to be followed and it's going to create drama. She didn't film for 24 hours. I know she pulled a Peggy from last year it's unacceptable in iceland and everyone was like oh my god get peggy off the show and p.s i'm so glad she is off the show she should never have been on the show never peggy that was the worst like to be the 100th housewife (laughs) like who made that call it was the worst it was like I i felt like she had always wandered onto the wrong set like, she didn't know where she was. She never knew. She doesn't know what country she's in. No. Mm-mm. And their whole shtick about, like, I don't understand this language. It's like, oh, shut up. That's not even funny anymore. Yeah, it was it's so Her shtick was not funny. But at the same time, I feel a little bad for her because some tragic events happened to her, pri- like, after she signed Agreed. the contract. Before. Yeah. And that's something that also it seems like is happening to Lisa Vanderpump where her brother had a tragic death. You know, she signed on for this next season of Beverly Hills and it's clearly put her in a place where she's not ready to perform. (laughs) I agree. I agree. And she is a performer. She She is not. um, She is not going to come out there with her authentic self. That's my opinion, but no, of course not. If she's in a really authentic place of grieving or sadness or anger, all of the stages you go through after someone dies, and especially after a suicide, it's even more specific stages and more extreme in some cases. I don't think she's going to put any of that out there on camera. So when they say she hasn't filmed in six weeks, and then Lisa Rinna, who I love, by the way, love Lisa Rinna, but when she comes out and says, well, I filmed after my father's death, and -and so-and-so filmed after this event, and I'm like, yeah, but... Lisa isn't raw like that. Lisa Vanderpump. Right. And so she is, she's going, she's not going to film and say, and cry and say, I'm so sad. It's so tragic. She's just not going to film. Exactly. And part of it, I think, is her personality. Another part of it is she's British to the core. And I know. I work with many British people. They are amazing, but they they don't show that raw emotion. Um, And I get it. I get it. It's a private thing. So, but with Shannon, oh man. She's not British. (laughs) What the hell's wrong with Shannon? Oh my God. She's willing to show us like herself after gaining 40 pounds just in a sports bra. But when her friends tell her, hey, you're acting like really weird and selfish and self-absorbed, you seem depressed. She loses her mind and refuses to film. 
I would argue both sides. One, Shannon is exhausting and going on this trip with Shannon is something that would push me personally over the edge and I'd probably be saying the same things to her, if not Mm -hmm. worse. But then I play the other side of it and I think if these bitches were coming at me, who are the most self-absorbed assholes ever, (laughs) Tamara with her divorce, Tamara with all of her bullshit in the past, Vicky with her Brooks thing, Kelly Dodd with her crazy ass, who again, I love, I love Kelly Dodd, but coming at me and telling me I was self-absorbed and narcissistic, I would be like, hello, witches of Eastwick. Like I would probably flip out on them too. Yeah, because they are not the people to tell you you have mental problems. Right. <laughs> Although the, Vicky did say that she went on antidepressants after her divorce from Don. I know, and I, I know. appreciated and there's that. There's no shame in that. I think I'm I'm all about that. You know, look for the <laughs> look for the psychiatrist or the psychologist. Get, you know, talk to your doctor. Get help. Yeah. Get when things help. aren't right, get help. Get help. But I think it's very tough those particular women and the relationship they've all shared and the things they've done to each other to then turn to one person all together to turn to one person and say, you're not handling this well. I, I think looking back at those faces and, and, and hearing that you'd be like, you don't handle anything well. Right. <laughs> Why are right. you talking? I would, I would listen to it from a sane person, but they're insane. They didn't you know? make sense. So Vicky then came back and told all the women, you know, Shannon was drinking. She poured herself a vodka. And that was pretty low to share that with everyone. And if she was truly concerned about Shannon's drinking, then why, when Shannon joined dinner the next day after 24 hours of not speaking, did she ask, hey, you want a cocktail? I know. I can't with the drinking accusations anymore. I feel like like rewind to on delays like who's still walking around with a half broken foot Tamara is yep you know like from being naked in the hot tub I mean they all they're they've been pressuring Vicky to drink more than she wants to and she's like no 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 I can't because Steve wouldn't think it's nice da, da, da. and so Tamara and Shannon are all about like whooping it up and Vicky used to be and she sort of is now but all of a sudden they can use it on Shannon when they want it to be part of their storyline, you know, that Shannon's unhinged. It doesn't make any sense. That's what I'm getting a little bit frustrated with. Yeah. Is when the women decide ahead of time what the storylines are going to be or try and produce along the way. And Tamara is the one that I think is the most, she's not subtle about it. She is creating, she is stirring the pot, as Shannon called her out for, to try to create certain you know, scenes where then she comes across as the rational one. Exactly. Which Tamara coming across as the rational one is hilarious. I mean, is that not hilarious? It's, and just she is <laughs> the most absurd thing I've ever heard. She is not the she rational. She is the one housewife. If I could say any housewife should definitely not be on the franchise for whatever reason, she is my number one. Because really, her, yes, her daughter, who is now eighteen, said, "Mom." That's true. I don't want you to be on the show. The show is the reason you and I don't have a relationship. Like, you care more about reality TV than you do about me. And Tamara chose reality TV over her daughter. I know. You're right. You're right. You're and it's right. like, come on, Tamara. What are your priorities? Her, we know what her priorities are. And yeah. the reason I like a lot of the women on Dallas is because I think many of them would easily walk away from the show if it was like for their children or their families. 
Absolutely. I, I agree with you there. There's a whole different vibe on Dallas. Now, they're a mess, too, but they're a mess in a much different way. And there are not so many seasons in. And they're at a different place in their lives, too. I feel like like OC is all about divorce, separation, the second, you know, building a second family, all the regrets of your past. And then it's brought on these new housewives who are younger and in a different place with small children. But one of them is getting divorced now. And as if we're supposed to care about it, we don't even know the dude. I mean, I've never, I've never seen such an absurd storyline on a housewife show as a housewife, a season one housewife getting divorced from a phantom. Yep. I mean, whoever thought that this was going to fly needs to be fired. Like, this is so stupid and so insulting to us. We're watching the show to get involved in their lives. I, w- I look at her every, I look at Gina every time she's on screen, and I'm like, I don't know you. I don't even know who you're getting divorced from. I don't want to hear about it ever again. And I certainly don't want to see her with her children, which no, is so terrible to say. But, like, are watching a bunch of kids run around completely crazy and uncontrolled is not my idea of relaxing with wine watching Housewives. No, that's not aspirational TV viewing, and that's exactly. not even it's not, and it's not drama. So it doesn't hit any of it doesn't hit either of the two buttons that Bravo's Housewives franchise are going for: the aspirational viewing, you know, the glam and the glitz, or the drama. It doesn't hit either of those. So it's she's not checking off any of those boxes. I'm not. I, I think it was a huge casting mistake, and I think she sort of duped them by saying that she was going to share her family on TV, and then that you know. The husband got the letter that his comp or his company announced that he was not allowed to film anything and that no one in the company was allowed to speak of it. I think their divorce was planned long before. Oh yeah, that's why she's she was, over it. She's not this is that her, sad. She's over it. I think this was a long time coming. It wasn't just decided, but she's acting like it was to give her something. And this was like his parting gift to her, kind of like a Kelsey Camille grammar thing, but a, a much a much less. Less dark. (laughs) A little lighter. And you know what? At least Kelsey filmed. At least he filmed his cheating ass a few times, like in New York when she went to visit him. And I'm like, this is just... It's 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 dumb. I think I need Gina and Emily to be off the show. As as nice as they seem and as lovely in person compared to the other ones as I imagine they'd be, you know, they're not doing it for me. I feel like if they were in the right situation, though, they could be rock stars. I feel like it's the old women that are dragging them down. They're not, yeah, they're not in the same peer group. And I, I hate kind of saying that based on age because I have friends who are much older than me and I also mm-hmm. have friends younger. So I'm in my 40s and I could hang with someone in their 60s. I mean, I have a young mom too. So we've always, we we almost seem like peers too. And she's in her lower 60s. But It's not only age. It's just they're at totally different life points. And when when like all of the the older women, and I say older, they're not old. They've just been on the show longer. They've been on the show longer. They have older kids. They're going through divorces at at a different stage in their lives. When they even try to give Gina advice, she does act like the bratty kid. You yeah. know, because she doesn't have the long time experience. And as crazy as Vicky's ass is, when she says, I have regrets and da da da, I'm like, maybe Gina should probably listen to her because we've all seen, you know, how that's turned out for Vicky. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's, it's not to say that they know anything about her relationship. They don't, but neither do we. And it's like, why don't you just let them talk to you about it? Because also, P.S., you're on a show. I just think if the women who had been on, like, when I say old women, I mean, like, the OGs. You right. Know, yes. If they 
engaged Gina and Emily more, I think we would see what we wanted to out of Gina and Emily. But they've been kind of kept out. And so when Emily shouted, I'm going to kill you, I mean, that was that was Housewives. I was like, I see why she was cast. But if they're not baiting her, they're not even acknowledging her. So we're not going to see anything from her. She can't just shout at nothing. No, she has a really smarmy husband. She has a temper that we saw once that was amazing. She could throw down and it only it only happened once. And it's like, what's up with that? Well, it's because she hasn't been engaged. They don't engage her. I think she would be willing. She probably would. But she is off in the corner with Gina. You know, she's just been cast into this. We're the moms of the young kids. And by the way, don't feel bad at all for not wanting to see kids on TV. I have a little kid. I don't want to see these kids on TV. I don't watch it for that. You yeah. know what I mean? It's like we don't watch it for that. It's, we don't want to see like it's that part fine of their lives. Every once in a while. I like Jolie. I like <laughs> I seeing Jolie give her mom advice, go to the, you know, soup kitchen and serve the homeless. I like right. that. But right. seeing the little kids and being unruly and talking about how hard it is to be a mom of young kids. Mm, no. You know? It's not. Eh, it's not. Don't it's really not need to see that. It's not entertaining at all. Exactly. Here's the thing with Shannon, though. Let me get back to this for a second and ask you what you think, because I'm curious. Do you think that she would leave this show if she could? Or do you think she is, do you think her ego is too huge now? Like she's going to hang on for dear life. Her ego is too huge. Yeah. I, I, I get that sense, too. Like this is her identity now. But when she was like, I'm taking off my mic pack, I'm leaving. I was like, what are you doing? Isn't this like your whole brand? Like you're not going to be on QVC unless you're on Housewives. You're not going to make any money unless you're on Housewives. You are no one without Housewives. She has nothing else going on. So it was kind of shocking to me that she would pull that move, knowing what she does about the vulnerable place she's in, especially now that she doesn't have David. But she wasn't thinking through. I think she has some narcissistic tendencies. Oh, yeah. You know, and so at that point, she was in a narcissistic rage where nothing, I mean, no amount of rational thought is going through her brain. (laughs) So she was reacting to being like perceived slights by these women telling them. And her button, I think, was the hey, maybe you should be on medication because we've seen she wouldn't even take her hormones after going through menopause. I know. And have you seen her little ads that she is shilling some natural homeopathic remedy for menopause now? It's so dangerous to say that, Uh, you know. uh, uh, I know. And like, who's going to look at Shannon and be like, yes, we're going to. I want to go through menopause the way you do. You seem to really have a handle on it. Like, you are the worst example ever of someone who is handling your emotions or the change of life. I mean, and that's not to say it's her fault, but I'm just like, I don't think this is the time for you to be suggesting remedies for anyone, Shannon Bedore. It's always the people that are the most unstable that cling to their, you know, nine lemons in a bowl. Totally. People that have it together don't need lemons. It's like the people who do the most absurd things in the world. Teresa Giudici actually announced that she wanted to be a fiction writer 
because she thinks that, you know, her writing, which she hasn't written a word of any of her books, has been such a great thing for her. And I'm like, oh, my God. Again, we're going to talk. We're going to look at the illiterate person to be our new author, our new greatest author. And then we're going to look at the completely unhinged woman who cannot get a handle on even one emotion as our beacon of light through menopause. No, these women need to understand what their lanes are. I mean, like at least Vicky just sells her insurance. Yeah. And she's good at it. She had a line a few weeks ago that made me laugh so hard because it was so true. It was when she was trying to convince Gina that her ex-husband, Matt, needs to have life insurance. Yes. And and Gina was kind of acting as if it wasn't necessary. And she's like, you know, the cemetery is filled with people that didn't plan on dying. And I was you know like, what? You can amend that into like the housewives cemetery is filled with people who didn't plan on being fired. It, yes. And you know Seriously. what? And back to your question about Shannon. The reason I think she will not leave the show, she thinks she's producing it the way Tamara is. And she has cut out Emily completely and is acting as if she can get Emily fired. I know. What's up with that? And it's like, you don't have the clout to fire anyone you're not the kate chastain of below deck exactly and you're not even the vicky as messy exactly nutbag as vicky is she is way more valuable to the show and people are going to rage at me for saying this but she's one of the greatest housewives because she doesn't know how to produce exactly she can't i love that she can't get out of her own way i mean and I also, I have to say, she has been one of the most amusing parts of this vacation in Jamaica. I mean, her face melting off like soggy <laughs> cookie dough. I, I think a lot of us can relate to that. Like, like totally. She's hot. She's hot. She's like, well, I, and it looked I like she was handle this. It was looked like she was having an allergic reaction too, which I very much relate to. <laughs> the first time I had an allergic reaction to shellfish, I was on vacation in an island in Malaysia. There was like nothing that could be done. And my face just swelled up. And a friend of mine was chasing me around the airport when we were flying home, shouting Angelina at me and asking (laughs) for photos. It was a disaster. I, I keep this photo of myself on my phone and I like send it to people when they're having a bad day because it's like it doesn't even look like me. You're like, this could be what you're going through. Now stop whining. Yes. And also yeah. just laugh because this is hilarious. Seriously. I mean, but I, Vicky is sitting there. People are just like petting her sweating head. And she's like, I think I'm going to, I think, you know, and it, it's I just, so funny. It's so comical to me. I love seeing her just deteriorate in hot climates. I love seeing her allergic reactions. She has a medical catastrophe on every single trip she's ever gone on. And I live for them. I live for them. I mean, the fact that she hasn't been medevaced out of Jamaica yet is actually an improvement because she's usually heading to, like to a hospital, getting right. in a helicopter. She's falling out of a buggy. It's it's just classic Vicky. And so <laughs> Tamara and Shannon can produce all they want, but Vicky never does. She's just such, such a hot mess that it it works for me in a weird way, even though she is completely vile for maybe, probably, definitely being in on this Brooks cancer scam. Yeah. It's she's just still a good housewife to me, though, in ways that the other ones are not. I I think she's great. Would you? How would you remedy the OC for next season? 
Oh my God. I, you know, this is the conversation we all have with each other. All I know. Who, all of us who write about it, all of us who comment on it. I mean, if you looked at the texts on my phone, it's, it's about this a lot of times, like, what are we going to do about the OC? What's going to, as if, as if any of us are in charge, but I would, so last year, what I thought should really happen is they should bring in two really new hot chicks. And I imagined that those women would then battle with the older ones and then, but Kelly might kind of hook up with them and go out on the town. Like I had this fantasy of single Shannon, single Kelly and the two new firecrackers. Well, they brought in two, I guess, relatively younger women with younger children, but they're not firecrackers. Right. That's the problem. I, I would like to see more Kelly Dodds and no Gina, no Emily. I don't think they're a right fit. And, I think Shannon, unless she can really, really get out of her own way and turn it around, is is possibly putting herself on the chopping block. They need someone with a better attitude. Nobody wants to see an Eeyore every right. week on the screen. And bring in someone who just, I guess, throws down. Bring in like a Dorinda, you know, Ooh. who's like, how, you, how, well, how am I doing? Not well, bitch. Like yeah. someone who says those things. You know, and I know we'll never get to the level of New York. In my opinion, it's the best. There is no comparison. But someone who never takes the mic pack off. But that's what we need. We need someone who shows everything, who has no clue about production. And not a mean person, but like a kind of like a Kelly Dodd. Yeah. You know, I'd like to see more Kelly Dodds, not in her same flavor, but like Megan King Edmonds did nothing for me. The first season she was great that she was on because she became the investigator. But then after that, I was like, I don't want to see you talking to your nanny anymore. And your husband is, is like very not strange. interested so, in you. <laughs> yeah. He's also like <laughs> maybe stepping out with a lot of other people, but I, I need someone who is like vocal and makes mistakes. I also love like a Sonia Morgan character because they're just so messy. She reminds me of like the more fun version of Vicky where she can't get out of her own way. I love that kind of a housewife. Yeah, more Sonia's and more Dorinda's and Kelly Dodd's. There you go. Yes, that's what I mean. That's what we gravitate towards. Those are the people who we we make the memes about. Those are the people who have the quotes. Those are the people who we keep coming back for because there's something to talk about. Yeah, I you know, 100% I even, agree. I can't even remember who Emily and Gina are half the time. I say their names interchangeably. And that's really <laughs> pathetic because we're like, what, a th- like 12 episodes in. I'm like, I, I can't. This I is ridiculous. Think they could be great if they had better castmates. They might be. I think Emily could be. I think Gina is hiding too much. Yes. And I think she's set herself up for failure or been set up for it by not having it by by letting you know her husband just be a photo whose face is blurred out blurred out yeah so ridiculous i mean if i went into a strange group of people and i said let's all be best friends and my husband and i are getting divorced you don't know him you'll never know him I'll, i'll never really talk about our relationship and i'm super happy about it their interest level would be like zero because they'd be like, I don't know you. I don't know your relationship. I don't know anything. It's like, so that's what we're watching. It's not <laughs> any writer knows you have to establish your characters and they are, there's no establishment of these characters. So it's for me, it's dumb. I can't work. I feel like I don't understand how we can remedy the OC unless we just clean up and recast. Yeah. Right. Right. You think everyone needs to go? No, I really like Kelly Dodd, and I, I do really too. like, I think Vicky's important. I don't, I think Tamara is, is a problem. 
I think she's trying too hard. She has too much pull over a lot of the women, over Shannon, over everyone. Um, mm. And even Vicky, because Vicky feels indebted to Tamara because now they're friends again and feels yeah. maybe feels bad about what happened. And so she's not going to get in Tamara's way. Vicky has been um, kind of, yeah, really trying to play the demure role of like, I'm not going to get involved. And it's kind of, I guess it's good for her personally. And it's good so she doesn't get like super hateful backlash from the viewership at large. But I kind of like when she's just absolutely raging at people because it's funny. I actually would keep Vicky, Kelly, and Emily and get three new people. Because I think Emily could be great, but there's no alliance between Vicky, Kelly, and Emily. They can't have this whole, like, alliance thing moving forward. interesting. I like that. I'm I'm, I'm just trying to... (laughs) I stay awake at night thinking about this. Okay, call up the producers, you know, of whom we know no one. No one. And then tell them what we think and make it happen. (laughs) So Let's get it done, Mandy. What do you think of Dallas this season? I think it is highly watchable. I'm still, for some reason, there is something between me and it that's just not pulling me in at the level of the other shows, you know? And that's just, you know what it might be? It might be the society thing that they always tout that I think is just so comical and untrue. Yeah, and I'm just like, it's kind of like what first season of Potomac was doing about um, etiquette and how everyone was like, stop talking about etiquette like nobody is here for that and also you guys are a bunch of fakers i think dallas in the same way if they would just drop that social thing that social climbing thing that it would be much more interesting because they i think it's a great cast i think that they're great i think part of it was so when they first started filming season one they didn't know they were housewives exactly and just I, like potomac didn't yeah right. i think it made it more confusing and they thought the society aspect and the charity circuit was what people wanted to see. And I just don't think they've been able to get away from that. I, yeah, because I feel like Potomac did, but Dallas hasn't. It's like, they're still holding on to it. So it makes me think they are obsessed with it at some level. And Cameron has actually, Cameron has kind of made it re, made a resurgence of that as a theme. Like she is going to be talked about all over town. And it's like, you're on a show. You're talked about more than all over town. And it's embarrassing for all of you to even be on this show. You should know that at some level. I mean, it's great. It's fabulous, but it certainly takes your, like your true society cred down to almost zero. If you go on a housewife show. Same with Southern charm and how, I mean, I love watching Patricia, but she's not someone that high society people want to engage with in Charleston because she's on a reality show on Bravo. Exactly. Exactly. It's so so funny to me. For her to tell people, this is how Southern women behave is ridiculous and for Cameron and Leanne someone who's threatened to kill people on air to talk about anything related to society is ridiculous I know it's it cracks me up to no end and I think if they would just let that go and just get more real about why they're actually pissed off at each other 
It's not about like, well, what will people say about me? Because they're all facing that anyway. And I love how interactive they are, I have to say, with their viewers and yes. on Twitter and social media. I think they're I think they have some of the best attitudes of any Housewives cast when it comes to feedback from viewers. And you know, it's there's a ton of haters. Like p- people who watch these shows, me included, love to be haters sometimes. That's part of being a Housewives viewer. You just, you know, go down that road. And they're they're pretty good about it. They're pretty they're, more, they're rock stars. They are. They're great, and they reply to people, and they're like totally like two feet in. But then on the show, they're like, "Oh, clutching my pearls," and I'm like, "Shut up!" I Stop. Wonder if there were things that were kept off the show on purpose, because like what? Well, so Danny Pellegrino talked about the real reason behind Leanne and Deandra's fight is okay. that Deandra had asked Leanne to be her maid of honor. And during that time, they were filming for a different show called like Good Christian Bitches or something like that. I don't know. (laughs) Something crazy. Bible. I don't know. I don't understand. I'm Jewish. This is... (laughs) That's amazing. This is all very confusing for me. But that she basically texted with a producer who they were friends with and said like I don't want to be on camera with Leanne I don't think she's a good Christian I don't think she is the kind (gasps) of person that I want to be associated with on TV and at the same and this was four days before Deandra's wedding and so at the wedding Leanne is there as the maid of honor and the producer was invited, did not know that Leanne was the maid of honor, saw that and apparently left the reception because she was so disgusted that Deandra would text her those things and be so two-faced. That's, that's what Leanne said to Danny Pellegrino. So was that not years ago though? That Deandra Yes, this was over four years ago. And so, but this is the I think during this filming of the season is when Leanne found out. Oh, okay. So that makes sense. Cause I'm like, if this happened so long ago, yeah. what would it even matter? It should, they would be over it. And okay. it sounds like she found out when Deandra Ew. was being like, not nice to her. And she went to this producer who she's friends with and was like, this is what's going on with Deandra and I. And the producer's like, well, I never told you, but here are the text messages. Oh my god! Yeah, so that's why she's being so. I think so. Below the belt with Deandra, and Deandra's so. coming back with whatever jabs she can, and it's basically about Leanne not getting married. Now, I think Deandra actually has more of a leg to stand on than any accusations Leanne throws at Deandra. I think, I think Leanne first of all doesn't have a pot to piss in. <laughs> and so I think this marriage being delayed is all about her getting enough sponsors through TV or otherwise to fund her marriage. I think that's truly what it's about. And I think I'm going to be right. I think you're so, right. I think yeah. they do love each other. I think they do too. And I think they're fine, but I think she can't afford to get married at a courthouse. And so she's going to like completely just milk this and milk this and milk this and be like, I didn't set a date. And just hoping that she can snag enough sponsors in to fund her wedding. And she's also creating enough drama that she's hoping she can go the route of like a Nini or a Tamara, which she can't because she's not that big yet, and get her wedding filmed by Bravo. Now, I don't think that will happen, but I think that's what her little... She alluded to it. Yeah, She said, you know, we're we're getting married in April and cameras will be allowed. Right, allowed. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, dear God. But my theory on Dallas is... 
that all of the women, with the exception of Leanne and Deandra, would be willing to walk away from the show in a second if their child had an issue. Even Carrie? Yes. You know, probably, probably, yeah. I mean, I, I think they have other things going on before the show. Or exactly. Or they've had other things going on before the show, and they're going to have other things going on afterwards. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, Carrie is living her best life. She's she traveling to Paris Fashion Week with Mark. She's got this, you know, daughter, and she's very happy with her. She's doing a great job. She doesn't need the show. Cam doesn't need the show. Brandy and Stephanie don't need the show. Leanne and Deandra, the show is all they have. The show is all they have. Deandra, I like a whole lot more as as time goes by, though. And I probably, you know, it's probably because I rope Mama D in with her. Yeah, I like Mama D. Love slash am terrified of. So scary. So I realized this week that I have used Green Miracle. No, you have. Yes. I, you know, I wanted to talk to you about this because I wanted to be like, has anyone in the world used Green Miracle? I'm talking what? about like 10 years ago. Tell me everything. So a friend of mine was like, hey, there's this new st- or this stuff called Green Miracle and it's got, you know, wheatgrass and all these different, I don't know what in it, but she's like, it makes you feel really good. You just get all the vitamins and minerals and magnesium and whatever and you feel good you mix it with water it doesn't taste that good you can mix it with milk it tastes a little bit better but just drink it once a day and you'll feel better so another friend of mine stephanie like actually listened and took it i got some but i like hated the taste and eventually gave it up um but my friend stephanie still uses it she does not so 10 years later she's still using it does she look like she's been dipped in formaldehyde like mama d no, I mean, she looks great. Okay. This is my fear. Because Ma- if Mama D is like the, the example of what Green Miracle does to you, it kind no, of like No, I think Mama okay. D is an example of plastic surgery and Green I Miracle. <laughs> but I'm like, does Green Miracle also like stiffen you to like a marionette puppet face? Because she terrifies <laughs> me. I know her plastic surgery is insane. But she also looks great for that kind of look. Perfect. You know? She's um, she looks She's fantastic. She's not a Mama Elsa like melting face plastic surgery. She's like it's okay, you know. So when they went around and when Deandra at this ridiculous pajama party, I've never seen pajamas like this. So um, was handing out the Green Miracle with a new flavor yes. because she said it used to taste like grass. I was like, wait. I think I've had this. Oh <laughs> and my I God. texted my friend and I was like, is this stuff? Do you, do you remember Green Miracle? And she's like, oh yeah, I still use that. Seriously. <laughs> We've been laughing for like three days. I really, I, you know what? I really want to try it. I'm not even joking. I think it's really good joking. for you. I think it's legit good for you. I think I might actually order it. You know what? These podcast sponsors and not to like, I love that. Like every podcast sponsor I get, they, I actually vet first. Like I'm offered, like, do you want to try this? Do you want to try the product? And then I will do the advertisement if I truly like it. So I will give a shout out to my sponsors in that way. Why don't we have more housewives products as our sponsors? Because we would all legit use those. I would use I would use the Ramona non-existent skincare. I know. I was like going to say, because it's fake businesses. I would do every fake business, and I still say to this day, I, I mourn the fact that those Sonia Morgan toaster ovens did not come out because you, I would have been the first one in line to buy one of those bad boys. And, <laughs> I just and want her shoes. 
I want the slippers with the family crest yes. and I want the green miracle. I mean, I'm, I'm down for it all. I, oh man, I was so scared when Mama D said, she basically told Brandy and Carrie, who are good friends of her daughter, who have not done her daughter wrong, like if my daughter comes back from Copenhagen and someone has hurt her, there will be hell to pay. She said, no, she said, you'll wish you were you, dead. You wish you were dead. It's <laughs> amazing. It's so good. I would love my mom. I love my mom already, and she is a badass warrior. And when I, when someone's threatening me or my daughter, but if my mom told my friends like you'll wish you were dead, I would be like, my mom is like the scariest rock star in the world. Like that would be kind it's of amazing to me. And so scary. funny though. You'll wish you were dead. And did you see their faces? They were like, we will wish we were dead. Like- I, I know. And Carrie's kind of like, your daughter's almost fifty. Like she can take this if she like. It's amazing. You're to not me sending though. her off to sleepaway camp. <laughs> it's amazing to me. I really relate to Deandra. I relate. I, I do. I really love her. I mean, I just have an affinity for her. I'm an only child of a mom who, you know, it's complicated. Any relationship mm-hmm. with moms, but that fierce loyalty and being pushed, and also you being like the only person who's, you know, continuing the family. I, I, I understand all of that. Mm-hmm. And then this idea too, that mama D is like kind of, she pushes her, but then defends her to the nth. I love. And I also relate to Deandra's experience with her father. My father is still alive, but I mean, growing up with what she did, you know, it's just, I think her vulnerability and her honesty and also her struggles with her mom. And you can also tell she's still kind of an adult child. She is. She's an an adult child of an alcoholic. She's dealing with a lot of those issues, which, which creates a long time childhood trauma and, and it makes you feel like you're perpetually under your parents thumb in some ways. And I think just seeing her like live through that on camera, there's something about that that a lot of people can relate to. Definitely. I yeah. really like Stephanie just because I don't know. I don't know how I relate to her. I just do when she's like when she laughs at herself. Yep. That I'm like, I just all day have little comments and laugh at myself and <laughs> no one's there I with the camera. <laughs> she's so lovable. She truly is. And I think, I think she's one of the most relatable housewives who, who does have mega, mega bucks that we're not mad at. You know what I mean? Like, I like, she I'm happy that she's this doing well in her life. That you know? she didn't really deserve what she, she doesn't, she didn't do anything no. to deserve what she has. And I think that's no. part of the beauty of mm-hmm. being grounded while being a multimillionaire is knowing exactly. that part of it is luck. I know. And that's just something so neat to hear someone say, especially on a goddamn housewife show, you know, know, where they're just so narcissistic. I actually interviewed Stephanie Holman uh, two years ago. So I interviewed her when she was just on season one of the housewives. And she talked a lot about her social work background. That is what, what I really relate yeah. to. My mom was she, a social worker yeah. and her mom was a social worker. Okay. And she got into it because her mom was a social worker as well. And see, it's just like you hear that in her voice when she says, like, I've done nothing to deserve this and I want to help other people. And how she, like, hooked Brandy up with that baby. And I know people have a lot of comments about that, but these are good things. I don't. I love it. These are good things. This is good stuff in life, you know? Yes. And that's awesome to see, too. And when I, But when I talked to Stephanie, I related to her on so many levels 
because she was talking about her parents being like really, really religious. Right. And I grew up with that. And she was like, they get in prayer circles around the TV. It was so cute. She was like, especially before the reunion, she was like, they just believe in a lot of prayer. They think it's going to help. And I'm like, you are so wonderful. Like your parent, your, your family's the best. And she said how her grandfather is still a Walmart greeter. I know. I mean, they're just, I don't know, salt of the earth. And I'm happy to see her success, which is Me rare too. to see in a housewife. <laughs> and I love her friendship with Brandy. I do. do. I feel like they're at a good place now after their fight where they both genuinely appreciate each other. I do too. I think this Leanne thing causing a wedge is like kind of making me nervous. You know, I don't want to see Stephanie go to the dark side completely and be friends with Leanne at Brandy's peril because they're the real friends here. So I'm hoping that doesn't become a huge issue because I'm just not, my heart can't take it. Yeah, but there's different levels of friends and you can be friends with people that your other friends don't like. No one's going to be as close as Brandy. Brandy's like in the inner circle. Leanne will never be that, but she can still have a relationship with Leanne. Yeah. And I think Leanne's core issue, her core trauma is she'll never be on the inner circle because she prevents it, but she thinks everybody else is out to get her. Ooh. Yes. It's awful. It's basically her adult child. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It is. is. Yep. I know. Well, I know you have to get going. Yeah, um, but, but it's so fun. It's so much yes, fun. Yes, we need to do this again. Two Midwestern girls. <laughs> yes, I know. You're from Minneapolis. I'm in Madison. We are keeping it real. Not that, at the, not that the coast can't, but I am such a Housewives fan, and I'm telling you, I've made friends with people over talking about Housewives yes. or 90 Day Fiance more so than anything else in my life. Same. I mean, what and Vanderpump Rules. I've literally oh converted God. people. This yes. is Vanderpump. My dog's name is Stasi. Stop it. Stop <laughs> it. Oh, my God. I love that. It is. Vanderpump Rules brings me joy unlike I've ever experienced. <laughs> I, I'm telling you, next time we talk, yes. I'm going to convert you to 90 Day Fiance. We have to do that. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I want you to live your best life. And I need it's to. Not yeah, and so to do that, you you must get on the ninety day train. Okay. okay. I, what do I what do you recommend I start with? I recommend you start with this season of Ninety Day Fiance, which is on right now. It's season six. It's all new couples. It's only a couple of weeks in. You can go on the TLC Go app or TLC.com and watch the previous couple of episodes. They're just starting their journeys. And it's a great cast this year. You will not be disappointed. You'll be jaw like you'll ha- like sit down. I have when you so watch many questions, especially with what's going on in our country with immigration. They talk about that. Ooh. They talk about it a lot. One of the people, one of the guys, is going to Russia. He he's like, oh my god, we're having problems. Like he, he's so stupid, he doesn't even know like the U.S. is having issues with Russia. Other people are concerned <laughs> about. You know, it, it's just it's very funny because it, it's like. You don't have to get into the heavy political stuff, no. but, but it's also a huge theme. It you is. Know? It's, so, there's a lot going on there. And so, okay, I'm definitely going to get into it. Yay. And we we have to do this again. This is okay, so much will. fun. We will. Where can we find you on social media and um, your podcasts? Yeah, my podcasts are everywhere too. iTunes, et cetera, all the platforms. 
Pink Shade with Aaron Martin is where I talk about reality TV, Housewives, 90 Day, Vanderpump Rules, everything. I also do a little bit of true crime and we get a little bit culty. I talk about some cult documentaries there too. And you can find my other podcast that just launched, Cult Talk with Aaron Martin, on all platforms as well. And you can follow me at Aaron Leah Martin on Twitter and Instagram. And you can also follow at Cult Talk on Twitter and Instagram for just that show news from that so i'm all over the place i also have a really fun facebook group pink shade with aaron martin if you click groups and facebook i'm gonna join oh my gosh you have to come in there we do live threads on 90 day nights and housewives nights and everyone's just posting really fun stuff all the time and it's a great place where you can talk about all of the things you're obsessed with and not be embarrassed in front of like your facebook relatives and friends from high school you're just like with your people in there it's fantastic oh my god i'm always looking for my people (laughs) your people are waiting for you we're here yes yeah well it was great talking to you mandy always we'll do this again soon for sure so that concludes this week's episode of is this real life thank you so much for joining please be sure to subscribe on either itunes or soundcloud and follow on social media at itrl underscore podcast See you next week. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name your price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxwain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, price and coverage match limited by state law.